there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag. The sports sport is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play and BetOnline has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. All right, guys, welcome to another Pit Panther Rants on our Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris, your host, presented by Armchair Media and BetOnline.ag. Happy Thursday, guys. It's another, well, crazy we're mid-June already. Two weeks will be July. It's It's been one weird trip, I guess you can say, that this year has been so far. I mean, you know, I was going through my, you know, I was going through my mileage. I said my the biggest winner of the whole quarantine thing had to be my car because my commute to downtown from, you know, from where I live in Houston was 20 miles each way. So it's about 40 miles a day I was putting on my car. And on top of that, you know, it's over an hour in traffic every day, each way. And I went to go put gas in my car, and I almost forgot which side of the gas was on. Never a good thing, I guess. But I'll take the save mileage on my car any day of the week. And I think, you know, as far as my job, my actual job goes, besides this, I mean... There's talk of us going work from home permanently, which would make sense. I mean, there's really no sense of us. Our, you know, our lease is up at our current place where we're at. And it makes sense because, well, we don't really need, you know, we do install workstations sometimes, but we don't really need to be there for the most part. But anyways... Not much going on in the world of Pitt. Um, Mid-July, I believe, they're cleared to resume practices. I believe, you know, I think you'll see a lot of college teams going back to practice. Of course, players do have to sign waivers. And, you know, if they don't want, I think it's, I think if you don't sign the waiver, they're not going to come after you. It's something weird like that. I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll know more as things start. Two pit football players eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. They're on the ballot. Matt Cavanaugh and Craig Ironhead Hayward. 
Now, I did see, you know, I did see two Penn State players that stuck out there on the ballot, DJ Dozier and Bobby Ingram. Um, I could see these four guys getting in. You know, Kavanaugh, obviously, his he had a, you know, a decorated career pit, you know, national champion. And, of course, after the NFL, after, after college football, he's had a pretty, you know, pretty story NFL career. I mean, he's he was a backup for most of his career, though. And, but coaching is where he has made his mark. The guy's been everywhere. I mean, he's... He won two Super Bowls as a player with the 49ers, and he won one as a coach, as an offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. So the guy's been everywhere. I mean, he was at Pitt as an offensive coordinator, and as much as he drove us nuts, there's some offensive coordinators we had after him that you know that made us long for um, for Matt. Actually, was you know. Yeah, Sean Watson made us long for Matt Cavanaugh. And of course Craig Iron hit Hayward. You know, he was a you know, he had a one really great season where he was a Heisman candidate. And of course the highlights you see speak for themselves. His pro career, he didn't have a great you know, he didn't have a Hall of Fame career in the pros, but he spent some time in, you know, playing there and he you know had you know He's well known for his work with the Saints, and he played with Atlanta for a bit. The guy was 275 pounds, so running back with that big, I mean, as far as durability goes, it's kind of hard. You know, those guys can't play forever. On the Penn State side, I mean, DJ Dozier, Bobby Ingram, both those guys were really good college players. NFL, same thing. They were good. I mean, they were good. I mean, they weren't... You know, Hall of Fame either, but they were players you definitely would want on your football team. I know Bobby at least had some good years. But it was playing receiver. One thing I haven't mentioned on my podcast was the death of Johnny Majors. He passed away two weeks ago, and I, you know, I just, you know, I, I'm only doing podcasts once a, once a week, and. You know, for Johnny, I mean, given that you know this is a pit podcast, I could go over everything that he's done and this and that, and you could have got that, gone, gone and read that anywhere. And I, I mean, the man is credit for saving pit football because at the time, well, things were great at pit. I mean. You know, after the uh, Jock Southern Lanier's, they had, you know, for the most part, the program was down after Jock. And, I mean, they had some, um, they had a, you know, they had a few good years here and there. I mean, the, there was a 1963 team, but as the, six, as, in the, as the 60s rolled by in the early 70s, they just, you know, they were really good. And there was talk about dismantling the program. I think at one time Pitt was also a. Um, they were also you know the during the Southern years or towards the they were candidates for the Big Big Ten and I think they missed by one vote I believe is what happened there. And I think uh, I think uh, Bino Cook all you know always laments that they were just one vote away or something. It was something like that they were very close to getting into the Big Ten. 
because at the time, you know, Pitt was a football, you know, they they were naming college football. The Steelers used to uh, rent, rent our stadium, and or sometimes the Steelers would rent a Forbes Field because they never really had a home. But Johnny came in and um, breathed, you know, life into the program. I mean, they won a national title. They got Tony Dorsett. Well, not, you know, not, not in order, but Dorsett first, then the title. Then it was handed off to Jackie Sherrill, who kept it going. And then Jackie, you know, left for Texas A&M. And it was all downhill from there. But Johnny did come back in 92. And by that time, Johnny was burned out. I mean, he... I believe it was in his final year at Tennessee, he had some health tr- trouble. And, you know, by the time he came back, Philip Fulmer pretty much took over. And that was that. But, the you know, by the time Pitt Stain was in this, you know, never had, hadn't really been renovated too much. And... On top of that, the recruiting base at Pitt was a lot smaller. Whereas Johnny had a much bigger recruiting base back in the seventies. Because why? Because the you know those areas, you know, basically Western Pennsylvania was still you know, but still it was still pretty busy. I mean, but um, after Johnny left, of course, that's when the steel industry and all the manufacturing went, and a lot of those families moved to. Um, they got out of Pittsburgh, you know, they got out of the area. It was a mass exodus. And, you know, by the 90s, there was a recruiting base, but just wasn't big. And, of course, the, you know, the players that you, that you really wanted, they weren't, they weren't going to go to Pitt. They were going to go to Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, what you know, or Michigan, wherever. But, yeah, I mean, Majors 2, Back to the Future was, you know, Pretty forgettable for the most part. It ushered in the uh, Steve Peterson era where we got rid of, you know, the, you know, Pitt Stadium. We got rid of, you know, Pitt, the brand. And we went to the University of Pittsburgh and the Dino Cat. It ushered in all that, you know, f- until we made things right. Now we do have, I mean, some other things that have been happening. And of course... I won't get too much into it, but uh, I see Mike Gundy's under some fire because he wore a, um, you know, a, t- a T-shirt that um, obviously from a certain network that I guess, you know, basically it's a shirt you probably should be wearing in public. I mean, and if, I mean, if those are Mike's political views, if Mike's conservative, sure, but um, I mean, there's plenty of college coaches that do have, they're conservative and you know, they do have those conservative values, but Mike was obviously wearing a shirt that, you know, from this network that's, I guess you can say they're kind of uh, out there, I guess you can say. And the players obviously revolted on social media. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, his running back, was pissed off, wasn't going to play. And the players followed suit too. They didn't like this. And Mike and Chuba obviously got together and they did a video and talked about it. But the thing about Chuba is he, you know, in the video itself, he really didn't have anything to apologize for him. He, you know, he he saw it. And he was pissed off. He didn't have to apologize to my, you know, to my gunny about anything. You know, 
and I guess my gunning's promising better days, and you know they're having their conversations. And I mean, you here's the thing: you're not going to get every. I mean, if, if the, there's plenty of college coaches that probably have, as I've said before, they're they're you know, they're, they're they may register Republicans, and you're not going to get every one of these guys to flip to Democrat or left wing or whatever. As things have changed. But I th- believe what they need to do is, you know, like any, like, like any um, type of person, you know, that's a different political, you know, where your politics are different. You've got to find common ground. And that's a problem with our, that's the pr- big problem with our political climate now, especially, is we don't have common ground anymore. It's it's just there's there's nothing. I mean, there's no common ground. I mean, it's maybe you know, I I mean maybe in real life. I mean, I'm sure with your friends and whatnot, you guys find common ground. Uh, on Twitter, though, it's you're not going to find common ground. And Twitter is a small representative of our you know of our country for the most part. I mean, yeah, you sure as hell not going to find common ground on Twitter, but I'm sure in real life, whether you're at, you know, at barbecues and whatnot, you find some sort of common ground with each other and with your discussions. Uh, one thing, I mean, one thing you don't want to do is discuss politics at work. I mean, I never discuss it with anybody because with your work people, it's never a good thing. Now, my boss, I mean... She's a white female, and she openly voted for Donald Trump because, well, well, for one thing, she's you know she's rich, you know she's very highly paid, and she didn't like what Hillary was going to do with um with the healthcare system, and she was basically long story short, my boss was looking out for her paycheck. And I can understand that. I mean, I mean what. Not sure if I agree with it, but it is what it is. I mean, the thing about our our bosses, you know, she, you know, she treats us all like we're human. I mean, I'm the only white dude on our team. Everybody else on my team is either um, they're either non-white or they're female. So we, our our group is very diverse, and you know, she treats us all like we're human, not like numbers, and she. And on top of that, she defends us. You know, she sticks up for us, and you know, you got, you got it's good to have a boss like that. So, I don't really, you know, I'm not going to get too deep in questioning people's, you know, who they vote for because it's just it's it's not going to end well ever. But uh, one tweet I did see last night is, um, I guess Shannon Sharp mentioned there was a player that Mike Gundy had a. Um, Incident with where he where he was sacking Mike Gundy and I guess when when he played at Oklahoma State and Gundy supposedly whispered the N word as he was being sacked to this player and then of course there was no proof of it and you know it was a he he said he said thing and I guess Bomoni I guess in his retweet said he he's thinking of a similar incident but he can't he's not going to say what it was and. And of course, you put two and two together. It's it's the uh, Mason Rudolph Miles Garrett situation where you know where they got into a scuffle and Garrett put him to the ground. And 
there was talk of a slur, and of course, the investigation found no, you know, found no such thing happened. But I guess the way Bomoni worded it is he didn't uh, he didn't outright mention it because that's what Bomoni people like Bomoni do. What they like to do is they like to bait their reader into doing it for them, so they can say, "Well, I never, you know, I I, I didn't mean that, so whatever." Because I guess he doesn't want you know his timeline to be filled with, um, you know, people coming after him. But yeah, that was one interesting thing I saw last, you know, from Twitter last night where he was, I guess, mentioning that. But there's, and people are saying, well, you know, Gundy was Mason Hill's coach. And maybe he learned to do that from, you know, my, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Mike Gundy sat in a, and sat in a quarterback room with his players and said, hey, this is, if you want to, if you want to call a player a slur, this is how you do it. I don't know. Oh, well, let's move on from that. Um, sports is reopening, as you guys all know. Major League Baseball still talking. I mean, they're, I believe they're close to a deal. I think they already have a deal in place, and then it's a really short season. Hockey is starting back up pretty soon. And I guess they're going to have a group stage for their um, for their playoffs. And I think it, I think the re-seeing happens every round. I really like what the NHL is doing. Um I do like the fact they're doing a group stage as well because, I mean, for me, I, I would love to have a 24-team single elimination, but you're not going to bring teams back from a pandemic for just for one freaking game. It's got to be worth our while. So I, I, I love what they're doing with this whole thing, and I'd like to see them do more with the, with the rules itself if they can. But, you know, I mean, experiment with some things. I think Penn, I think the Penguins are going to draw a five twelve matchup with the Canadians and and you know if you guys all you guys know college basketball the five twelve matchup is never ends well but I think the Pens will be fine. Basketball is still trying to work out their their you know their issues. I mean, there's concern about the bubble itself because they don't. I guess the players don't want to be locked in a bubble. For, for as long as they will be there. And of course the social I guess the social justice initiatives they're doing they feel that the um playing is gonna just is gonna take away from the movement. Where people are gonna forget about the whole movement and they're gonna focus on basketball. And I I understand where they're coming from. And I see that the few players that Pat Beverly have put LeBron on blast because they want to, you know, they want his take of what they should do because LeBron's obviously, you know, he's very vocal. He's very vocal on social justice issues, as you guys have all seen. And they're wondering if he, you know, wants to, wants to keep playing or if they want to keep the movement going. You know, and I guess you know Beverly put him on blast because I guess he wants. I guess he gets. Sandy, he wants to, you know, he may want LeBron to put his money where his mouth is. And of course, Kyrie Irving, you know, brought up some other stuff as well, where this whole thing is, it benefits the uh, superstars, the guys who are making a lot of money, a lot more money than the ones who aren't. I mean, the NBA players are very well paid. It's just that um, the ones who aren't making as much money as the, you know, 
they feel they have no voice, and that's why Irving has brought all this to, to you know to to light. Is because they a lot of these players who don't make enough money, or I guess you can say they don't, you know they make a lot but not as much as the superstars. They don't have a voice, and, and they're afraid to speak up because you know being you know obviously outcasted by the superstars. But I think with NBA, I but you know I, I think if they just sit down, I know that they're doing it now. They'll figure it out. I mean, they they are they are figuring that right now. Currently, they have a, they're figuring out their, their guidelines for returning, what they're going to do. I don't think playing is going to take away from the movement. I think you can. I think you can make it to where you're you're still delivering the message while you're playing. There's and I think the and the NBA you know the NBA ownership. In the league itself has been has been very good with the players. They they're usually willing to work with the players on these type of things, especially the coaches. So there's no doubt in my mind that they'll figure this out. They'll they'll they'll, they'll come with a solution. They they always do. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, NFL I think will be back. I mean, you know. Of course, we still have, you know, we have UFC, soccer, and whatnot. And, of course, NASCAR. So, you have plenty of things to bet on because if you go to betonline.ag, they got simulated NFL, NBA, UFC happening live every day for devout gamblers to check out. And they also offered hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. But anyways, guys, I'll shorten it here because I got no much else to talk about. I mean, I mean, love I see many more on social media is pissing matches and on sports and whatnot. But oh well, have your weekend, guys. And you know what? One thing I forgot to mention: it's Father's Day coming up. So to all you dads out there, have have a happy Father's Day. Yeah, I got my you know I got Father's Day and I got my birthday in two weeks and I have no plans for any of them because well, COVID. Although I'm sure I can probably do something, you know, that works out. I mean, I did I, I did the I did discover another food place by me. It's a Venezuelan place, and I had some Venezuelan coffee and it was. I'm kind of addicted to it now. I mean, it's really good. I mean, the, the food. I mean, the food's delicious. I mean, they have their own version of empanadas, and the empanadas are great. I mean, it's basically like a fried corn cake stuffed with meat. I mean, a lot of times when I, when I get empanadas, usually you know, a pastry stuffed with meat and whatnot. This was like a fried corn cake, and they you know, with with, with um, Venezuelan food. They they seem to like to use a lot of corn. Like I had you know this arupa. It's basically Two corn cakes. It's basically a stuffed corn cake, and it's just stuffed with meat or whatever you want. It's it's good. So yeah, I've been. Let's see. I've done my menu. My diet for for most of this uh, last month have been has been Vietnamese, Venezuelan, and Filipino. 
Whereas if I lived in Pittsburgh, it would have been, we're talking Irish, probably Polish food, German, Italian. Down here, it's Mexican, Venezuelan, Colombian. I mean, down here, it's, there's so many diverse food places that in my diet just bounces all over the map. But tell you dads out there, enjoy. Even the ones that don't have kids, and if you have dogs and consider yourself dads, it's fine. Dogs are kind of like kids. Well, I mean, you, you got to give them your attention. You got to care for them. You got to clean up after them when they do shit. Or if they, do, or, or if they you know, shit somewhere. I mean, I used to be one of those people who said, if you have dogs instead of kids, you're not parents, but... Some people can't have kids for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, medical, financial, there's just a lot of reasons. So, you know, if you have dogs, I mean, if that's what, you know, hey, whatever's going to work for you. Because, I mean, it's, you know, for some people, it just, it's, you know, as far as conceiving, it's, you know, it, 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 it's, sometimes it's just not easy for some some couples. I mean... It is what it is. I mean, so for, so yeah. Even even if even the ones who you know who um you know just have pets and consider yourself dads. I mean, hell. I mean, happy Father's Day to you guys as well. I mean, I'm, I don't judge. Anyways, guys, hell a pit. Talk to you later.